I remember, you know, what's it probably been close to 10 years now. They were like the Yukon, right? We're going up into the Yukon, which is a pretty like desolate area. I know like back in the 1800s, there was the whole, you know, everybody's going to find gold up there too. And now they're like, oh, we're going back to the Yukon yeah, now. Yeah. Still exciting though. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you why. I can, I'll explain. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So how much of, are people still looking for new deposits? Oh or? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the Yukon is, uh, the reason that's so exciting is because what they call the mother load uh, of the Yukon has never been found. Uh, the mother load is basically the source of all the gold deposits uh, like around it. They've never identified that central source and it, it's up there somewhere. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. My name is Jason Freert. Today on the best investing podcast ever is Luke Burgess. Welcome, Luke. Thanks, Freert, for having me. Yep, Luke is the editor and chief investment strategist of the Junior Mining Trader, and which you can guess by the name, talks about junior mining stocks, particularly gold, precious metals, and the like. Is that Get gold, silver, yeah, all the precious metals. Um, but we're also into base metals and energy metals too. Gotcha. So go, let's let's talk about gold. It's you know what's going on with gold. So there's a lot going on with gold, uh, particularly recently. Um, for the past 12 months, gold has been pretty much dead, um, and especially during the summertime, it's sort yeah. Of like I super saw. Dead. Was it early part of summer? Is when it was touching record highs. It was over 2,000. I think right now it's like about 2,000, or is that just earlier in the year? It, it was closer to uh, record highs in May. May, uh, gotcha. Um, but it didn't, it just it got very close to... Yeah, it was within like $7, I think, least, something like it, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, $10, something like that. Um, but the reason gold has not been performing so well um, is because of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has uh, raised interest rates uh, 11 times in a row to combat inflation. Um, and as the Federal Reserve does that, uh, it ends up, it helps inflation, but it also helps uh, support the dollar, um, which is bearish for gold. So we've had a lot of pressure uh, on gold from the, from the dollar support in the past 12 months. Um, back in September of last year, the dollar was on a 20-year high. So uh, it's not uh, – we don't really expect – we shouldn't really expect to see super high gold prices with the U.S. dollar that high. Nevertheless, um, even though gold isn't like skyrocketing, it's still very close to record prices, which makes us very excited. You know, uh, it's, it's right at uh, the record prices. It could pop higher and just easily go soaring from there. How much of – the gold price right now and the gold market is dictated by supply and demand versus just the dollar and interest rates? That's actually a very good question. Uh, it's actually very difficult to say exactly like what influences gold. Um, it, at the end of the day, it obviously is supply and demand, but there's, there, you're right, there's all this other speculation on like the dollar, geopolitical events, uh, the economy, there's all kinds of things. Right. What, so from a demand perspective, what could drive up a massive amount of demand? So speculation could, right. obviously. But like just people just being scared, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm comparing it to oil, right? So mm -hmm. oil, you know, the de the demand component usually comes from, you know, 
people the the economy doing really well. Yeah. If people think that the economy is going to grow, people are going to be using you know driving more transportation, like using all that products. Then okay, then demand kicks up and and oil prices go higher. It, that doesn't seem to be the case for gold. It's like you know yeah, there's industrial uses, but it's more just you know, like you said, safe haven. Safe haven. And with all of this inflation talk, I mean, over, I mean, we've experienced, you know, generational high inflation. It hasn't been, I don't think in our lifetime been this high, you know, stories of, you know, my my parents who were in the seventies. Well, you're a seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so Gold, uh, inflation hasn't been this high since when Luke Burgess was a baby, but an inflation and gold is supposedly the inflation hedge. Why haven't we seen it, you know, at record territory? So, well, like again, it is very near record it's territory. Close. It's, it's close. It's very close. So the all-time record high for gold prices uh, was set in 2020 at two thousand seventy dollars an ounce, and I mean it's really at two thousand dollars an ounce. Man, it is so close. It got it got to. Uh, 2060 twice in the past or since 2020. So it was uh, 2060 in May 2023, like you mentioned. And then it was uh, 2060 the previous year in 2022 at one point. Um, it's not that gold is underperforming or it's it's just not skyrocketing like people expect it to. And the I reason- mean, I wouldn't expect it to skyrocket. It's just that we've had, you know, eight, nine percent inflation, you know what I mean, for several years now. And gold is still, you know, it's up there. But so so why? Why? So I it, want my gold at three thousand dollars an too, ounce, buddy. Listen, uh, it's all about the it's all about the the dollar. Like I said, the the Federal Reserve like went crazy with the interest rates. The dollar was on a twenty year high, man. I mean, like that's I don't know. There's no fighting that. Um, but again, like I said, gold is very close to the record high. It is it is so close to it. Uh, it's not going to take much further for it to get over and then momentum to push it higher. Um, but to answer your question, uh, what does push it? I, it will be momentum for for the next uh, several months. I think. I don't think the straight demand is going to be a huge factor. It's be speculation. Is prices now though in a good spot for producers? So because you know you talk about the sweet spot in something like oil, right? So. You know, Saudi Saudi Arabia actually just said they're extending their oil cuts till the end of September. You know, oil's in that eighty dollar range. I think they like it. I think they would prefer it to be closer to a hundred, but they don't want it down in fifty, sixty dollar range where they can't make money. And neither do the oil companies. They don't want it super high because then the demand is going to wane. So there's kind of the sweet spot. Is there something similar for? For gold, for certain producers, where it's like, hey, look, if it's fifteen hundred dollars an ounce, we can't make money. We need it at eighteen hundred. We need it at two thousand, or I guess that's depending on which company. Yeah. So obviously, there's a bottom, right? There's an all-in sustaining cost. You need to produce. You need to sell your product for more than you're producing it. Uh, but there's no top. So you're right. Like oil producers, oil producers, let's say OPEC. OPEC doesn't want oil at two hundred dollars. Well, because that means that all the, there's going to be these technologies that are going to um, replace or they're going to work to replace oil. 
uh, if gold was at $10,000, there's nobody that's going to come along to replace gold for th- – there's no replacement for gold. Right. Um, and it, so you can store it basically. I mean, I guess you can store oil too, but it gold pretty much lasts forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's there obviously is a bottom. That's what the uh, producers call the all-in sustaining cost. Uh, and that is basically what it, it costs the producers to make. So they need to sell it for more than for a profit. Um, but I want to go back to your other question about like what, what is going to push it? Because you mentioned oil and uh, and demand. The thing, the difference between oil and gold is literally everyone uses oil. We all use gasoline or, or some something like that. Very few of us actually own gold, even though we own a lot of gold jewelry. I think the estimate is about one to two percent of Americans are invested in gold. Whereas how many people are inv- how many people use uh, oil or invested in oil? It's it's. There's way more people invested uh, in oil and energy than there are gold. So it won't take that many – won't take that much more new investors to really put a, a big a strain on supply. But is there a catalyst for those new investors? The catalyst is fear right, uh, right now. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot of things that are going to play into it right now. Um, the Federal Reserve ending interest rate. Their campaign, that's a big thing. But also this week, Fitch downgraded the U.S.'s credit rating. Um, I feel like the market has not – they're still digesting that as, right. as we talk about that. Um, I actually don't know. I don't have – I don't know where that's going to go, to be honest with you. But uh, it does present uh, risk and uncertainty, which is what gold likes. Yeah. And, I mean, how much of this demand is going to come for physical gold or people – you know, I know central banks like to buy and store gold, you know, just as hedges and backing stuff. So I think I read somewhere where that is close to a record high for central banks buying gold. But it, or is your average investor just buying like GLD, the gold ETF, yeah, or like a gold gold miner? Yeah, so. gold ETFs. Even though the gold ETFs do represent uh, or supposedly represent uh, physical backing, they're, you know, Digitally traded assets. Right. Very few people are buying uh, physical bullion anymore. It's too much of a pain in that. Yeah. I know I'm making a lot of comparisons between gold and oil, and there's really, I mean, they're commodities, but they really are pretty different. However, several months ago, you wrote an article talking about peak gold. And I am, you know, especially anybody who's been covering the markets and part of Angel Publishing for several years understands peak oil, the theory around it, and how basically, you know, it's harder and harder to get oil. We experienced, um, you know, record high oil prices back in 2007, 2008. And then we had the fracking boom sort of just, I wouldn't say, I mean, it pretty much saved the fossil fuel industry. Because at that point, you know, oil was harder and harder to get. We were, you know, beholden to Saudi Arabia and what they could do in OPEC and the whole fracking and and finding all this like tight oil in North America just opened up, you know, a tsunami here. However, there's people think that that's the last, you know, sort of throws and there's nothing else after that. So, you know, the... How does that compare to the peak? Is peak gold the same thing? It's harder to find find gold, but we're also not using 
gold in the same way we are oil. So what's you know what's what's the idea behind peak gold? So, is it a theory? Is this your own theory? It's not my theory. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're exactly right. Uh, well, first let me let's talk about the differences between because this is very important. Obviously, oil is something that you use, and it's it's never there anymore. It's it's once it's used, it's used. Gold can be recycled. In fact, it is recycled. It is one of the most recycled elements on the planet. I think something like ninety five percent of all the gold that is mined gets recycled over and over. So that is a main difference. Um, we could possibly run out of oil. Like we could burn up all the fossil fuels. I don't know if we could uh, use up uh, all of the gold. However, um, the theory is very similar. Uh, as you know, man, how long have we been talking about peak oil, dude? Long time. This <laughs> the theory is, states that um, all oil wells uh, follow a bell curve on production. They have uh, an increase right in the beginning. Uh, it peaks out and then after a while, the oil production declines. Now, if, and it hits a point where it is more expensive to extract said oil from the well than it is worth selling, and so you basically just close it up. Or close it up. Go find right. Kick rocks. And so, yeah, and fracking, you know, allowed us to kind of revisit some of these old wells yeah. because and and get out more oil yeah. and made it economically viable at least when oil is at a certain price yeah so well just like oil um when people go out and they look for uh gold and they're looking for resources to exploit it they're looking for the cheapest most accessible the low-hanging fruit and in oil that's what we saw we saw the low-hanging fruit get mined or exploited first mm -hmm. same thing with gold Except uh, the difference is gold has been mined for five, 6,000 years, whereas oil, crude oil at least, has only been used for, I don't know, 100 or so. Um, and over, the, over those centuries, the low-hanging fruit has been harder and harder to get. And we have, we have seen uh, in, in history, there have been times where we didn't think like, well, we mined out all the gold, we can't get any more until a technology came along and fixed that. So um, off the top of my head, I believe that there are two uh, main technologies or, I mean, they're not really technologies. They're really like processes. Uh, main two processes that really saved the gold industry from, you know, this peak gold. The one, one was back in the 1880s. It's the MacArthur Forest cyanide process. This is essentially just extracting uh, gold from ore using cyanide. Um, just the, the process of that. And uh, the second one would be heap leaching in the 1960s. And uh, this is something I've explained on this podcast several times before. Mm -hmm. This is just, um, it's both of these are just uh, ways to process bulk or, I mean, to process ore in bulk. Um, but both of those technologies did the same thing that fracking did in that it allowed us to access previously unaccessible uh, resources that we couldn't before. So uh, even though gold, uh, gold ore grades are declining, we should expect another technology to come along and help us get more gold out. So like in the ocean, for example, there's something, there's an estimated 20 million tons of gold in the ocean, but there's no technology that would allow us to economically produce it. In the future, there will be, but there's not now. And in the meantime, there are opportunities for investors to take advantage of this uh, 
the fact that of that we are having these low lower de, lower sorry these uh, lower ore grades and uh, the higher costs associated with it. So we're way past the old miner going into a absolutely bro. A, that's a, a, you know what I mean? And yeah. With the pickaxe yeah, and, and the, then, the, oh, the there's pan, just gold, the panning for the gold. The panning, that is, that is old school. Right. I, the, um, you can still find uh, nuggets of gold. It's called plaster gold. But most of the gold today is disseminated in the rock. If you looked at a piece of gold ore, most people wouldn't be able to tell it from any other rock. Um, the average uh, ore grade right now is under one and a half grams per ton. So it's 1.5 grams, a tiny little bit. It's about the size of a, a paper clip in a ton of rock. So 2,000 pounds, it's like the size of this uh, squared off and a paper clip inside. A way that I think about it is it's like a penny in, in, in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. That's how much rock you need to process to get that out. Yeah, that's insane. It, it it's And they still are. So the... Compared to 100 years ago, where you could just pick up a nugget, right. and bite it, and make sure. So it's like there soft. is. Let me let me digest this a little bit. How much of the production now is coming from existing sort of mines that they're using new technology, and how much of like just brand new exclamation? I remember, you know, what's it probably been close to 10 years now? They were like. The Yukon, right? We're going up into the Yukon, which is a pretty, like, desolate area. I know, like, back in the 1800s, there was the whole, you know, everybody's going to find gold up there, too. And now they're like, oh, we're going back to the Yukon yeah, now. Yeah. Still exciting, though. <laughs> I, I can tell you why. I can, I'll explain. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So how much of – are people still looking for new deposits? Oh, or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the Yukon is uh, – the reason that's so exciting is because what they call the mother load uh, of the Yukon has never been found. Uh, the mother load is basically the source of all the gold deposits uh, like around it. They've never identified that central source, and it, it's up there somewhere. It's just – So uh, could it have been like an asteroid? I don't, I don't think it's an asteroid. Yeah, that's that's my theory. There was a huge golden asteroid that came down, and so so all these deposits up there, but they think there's a source. Yes, that is coming from, and they can't. It's buried under a thousand feet of ice and snow yeah. or something. Yeah, like so that. It, it is. It's the mother load of this huge thing that extends. So from global all the way. warming, cooling out all or melting all that ice that could be a good thing for gold because uh, we could find it. <laughs> Perhaps I don't. Okay, I don't know. I'm going I, with it. You're gonna go with that. So okay, so they're still exploring places. How do these things? How do they even like find? Like, is it other people looking for oil or other areas? And they're like, oh, hey, there's gold here. Let's like sell this property to a gold explorer or gold miner. Like, is it? Are they actively looking at? I don't know what satellite data or trying to you know, go into old mines? Like, how is it, I mean, how is it typically done? So basically all of that. Right. The most, the most common way um, that a, that somebody starts um, exploring a mine is somebody's explored it in the past. Um, they couldn't get economical uh, drill results. However, the market has changed and now they can, um, and they just want to make, they need to go back and make sure that the information is correct. A lot of these things go back like decades. So 
there's there's no there was no regulation back then. So you need to go back and redrill it. Um, but that's really like how it starts off is usually that's it's an old property that somebody prospect long ago and they are redoing it. Um, but like there are other ways you could look for anomalies through aerial or satellite imagery. Um, a lot of the times it's just, you know, you see a geologist sees a, 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 a mineralized, mineralized rock, chips it off and has a look at it. That happens a lot like that too. Um, but again, we're talking about very rare things. And even though it's, it's, it's relatively common, it's still rare in the very big picture. Right. You know. So peak gold, declining ore grades, let's talk about that for a sec. So you're, you're basically saying, you know, a paperclip inside of a, a ton of rock and, and what, it's just going to get worse and worse? It's going to be a paperclip inside two tons of rock? Yeah, it, so I'm going to show you. I guess we can pull this up um, um, and take a look at this here. So here is the average uh, ore grade around the world. Um, sorry, this is from 1835 to present. And you can see in the back here, ore grades were at one point, they were in the double digits. And now they are down to less than 1%. And it's different per country it's that different we're looking per country at. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they're all heading down. So it's pretty much, are, are, are we digging like deeper and deeper, I guess? Always, or? always digging deeper. Um, but it's really... The, it's really part, – part of the reason that ore grades are going down is because of the technologies allow us to produce. Right. You know, it, it's, it's part of that too. It's gotcha. not just the fact that uh, they are running out yeah. of these high-grade resources. Yeah. So we're relying on increased technology. It seems to be – like I said, the, the peak oil and fracking is always, a, to me, a, a, a good example of that. Obviously, there's other minerals and metals. And so we're relying on it. We may – not necessarily um, the tech. What's the technology? Is it you know I don't know bigger drills like better drills, cheaper drills. Um, I know AI is the hot topic now. Are we going to use artificial intelligence mixed with like drones to dig up specks of gold in places that like humans can't get to? Like, do we not even know? We're just thinking like, hey, you know smart people are going to come up with it? Like, what's going on with that? So the technology uh, that it will eventually allow us to accept, like, mine resources that we can't do now is probably be a, another process. It'll be another process that will able, be able to leach gold out in a much more uh, effective way. AI is going to help mining. That's what I want to talk about next. Well, it, helped, it helps everything Abs in theory, absolutely. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... I don't know if our AI is at the point right now where we could say, hey, create a new process that will, you know, make it cheaper for me to produce gold. Maybe in 50 years it can do that, but uh, not right now. Right. It can, it can barely um, tell me what day it is. Right. So you're – so we're, we're thinking it's going to be some sort of process, um, you know, that allows – you know, is is that going to help aid in the exploration process or the ex actual like the extraction? Extraction process. The actual extraction. And um, it, it's going to be very difficult to say who is going to come up with this process. Um, it's not going to be anybody until we have a need for it, 
and it's not going to be like a government. It's not going to be a private company. It'll probably be like a, a university. Right. And and we're specifically focused on gold. Is there other – I'm assuming each mineral sort of, you know, because of the specific properties of that mineral needs a certain type of process. Are there any sort of other – you know, sort of exploration techniques that translate to gold? Is gold sort of unique in that, you know, I know like, so gold, one of the things that is more on the industrial metals that has been a huge demand increase is, is copper. Copper, right? yeah. That's what I was this, oh, copper. Oh, we need all these electric cars. We need mm. all of this. And we need copper to do for, you know, the batteries and to make the metals lighter. Like, is there any correlation between gold and copper? Is that its own thing? Uh, it is absolutely its own thing. And the copper industry is having its own issue with declining ore grades. Right. Um, and this AI actually is going to help <laughs> with uh, copper. In fact, BHP just signed an agreement with um, Microsoft back in May, or it announced that it had an agreement with Microsoft, uh, that they are going to use AI systems to help the recovery at the Escondida uh, copper mine in South America, which is the largest copper mine okay. in the world. Um, but as far as AI, there are a lot of exciting developments uh, happening in mining. Um, I was recently, I recently went to write an article about it and I was I wanted to see like, how is AI going to change mining? And my conclusion is it's literally going to change every aspect of mining from, the, the, from looking for the new places to mine for whatever you're mining for to actually selling the finished product, like right. every step of the way. I think the easier question to answer is wh how won't AI help right. miners? Um, it would be a much shorter list at least. That uh, seems to be in, in the majority of industries that yeah. people believe that that sort of technology is going to drastically um, transform um almost every single industry well, because um, but people don't but people usually think of the tech side right you're like right. oh you're it's right. gonna it's gonna write some stuff for me it's gonna do some data analysis people don't necessarily i i think i, I don't know if people look at the idea of the mining industry and you know gold and all these as like a technology-based industry but it really is right absolutely absolutely you know so the mining industry is is one of the forerunner i mean they, when there's a new technology they're one of the first people's uh, one of the first industries to employ it after porn after porn <laughs> uh well i don't know so uh the, in the 1990s the uh mining industry started to experiment with like autonomous vehicles right i don't know if porn did that in the 1990s <laughs> but yeah I, they've been dealing they've been doing that kind of stuff uh for a long time, they're always looking to, you know, make things cheaper, make things safer. Um, and in automated uh, trucking, that is probably where we're going to see um, the fast, the, the mostly, maybe the fastest, but the most immediate developments um, in AI helping um, the miners. Right, because they got to, so they got to dig these big loads of rock and what, take them over to processing facility yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you have i mean there's a trucker shortage you know across the globe pretty much now so if you can get that automated yeah. running 24 7 yeah. um that's that's huge so um interesting so 
the the last thing I wanted to talk about, which we I think we mentioned a little bit in relates, but it seems to be almost every industry is having to deal with this, is just the environmental impact of mining, right? People do not people don't realize that everything in this room, this computer, whatever is comes from a metal that was mined out of the ground. It didn't just fall out of the sky. Well, maybe it did, but it didn't just fall out of the sky and just magically appear. It had to come from a mine that might've come from a third world country. It hopefully was mined ethically, so to speak, but probably not. So how much of the expansion, especially in, I would say, maybe in new exploration is coming up because because of the environmental concerns? That's a really good question. Um, when we talk about mining, it's we actually we actually don't use a lot of metals relative to other stuff that we use. We use a lot of rock uh, and sand. Uh, rock and sand mining is probably it's the most it's the most environmentally impact because we have so much of that. Um, You're talking about for making concrete, yeah, and concrete stuff like and roads that. and things like that, right? Um, I don't. We'll have to pull up what, what it is, but it, the um, somebody has an estimate on how much how much of each resource uh, every American uses per year, and it's like the rock. It's like uh, fifty times more than any metal you can you can possibly think of. Um, so I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest with you, because it's we're talking about like rocks and sand and right. Uh, I guess specifically in terms of gold, like I know the geopolitical and, and this might not necessarily fall under the environmental concerns. But if you're in South America and, you know, they there's an indigenous land that has resources they have to negotiate with. And it even happens a lot in Canada with the, the First Nations yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the time. Um, so in Mexico uh, with the Hito, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm wondering if that be continue. Could that be a catalyst for lack of supply? Is just n the not in my backyard. I know there's been a push to open up more mining in the U.S. because people are actually starting to realize that hey, we can't if we don't get more of this stuff, we're basically fucked. Well, Fred, I find that not in my backyard goes right out the window with enough money. Right. So I, I don't think it, I think it's about money. More right. Than so that as the demand goes up, as the prices go up, people will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're just holding out for probably for, for the money. Yeah. It's what I imagine. Well, <laughs> it sounds like, I mean, I, I've talked about this a couple of the times, the 60 minutes piece on, you know, the lithium Valley out in California, which California is, you know, especially recently and, and traditionally known as a very pro environment type of state. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they interviewed one of the guys that was part of sort of I, I wouldn't call it an indigenous, uh, y you know, community, but it was people that were very pro environmental. And he was like, this is a really poor area and bringing this industry here is going to mean more jobs and more growth within the community. So, of course, of course, we want to mine for lithium or whatever. So. Um, uh, that's one of the, I guess, beauties of the capitalist system is, is at a certain point there becomes an equilibrium where people care 
more about you know lifting themselves out of poverty than they do about you know sort of a environmental impact that they don't really understand yeah and it's i mean honestly it's really hard to convince somebody to say make a sacrifice for the future you know i mean people say they want to do it but nobody really wants to do it so it's hard to convince people to do that yeah so it's like uh, you know you're going to exploit this resource now or are you are you not going to and your kids are going to do it right or somebody else the next guy's going to do it you might as well do it all right well i do i do know you have a report coming out soon on that digs into the peak gold the peak gold yes stuff yeah so let let me tell you about like how we're how we're dealing with that okay so what we're doing is we're looking at like i said uh there are a lot of hot i mean a lot of the high grade mines have been mined out but there are still uh companies out there who make these rare discoveries um so we are or i'm looking right now for high grade uh drill results from miners that are just overlooked that's working out great for us right now. High gr- so that are we talking about junior miners, junior small? explorers? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking the is the goal there to for these companies to get acquired by a big guy or actually take them to production? Both, I guess. Um, it's usually to get acquired, um, but if they can, if you can build a mine, then you want to do that. But yeah, nine out of ten times, you just want to get bought out. You want to get onto the next mine, do it again. Right. So these companies specifically that you're looking at are in the exploration phase. Yeah. Maybe they have a property that they're looking at and they're in doing the initial assay trail results and they're basically hoping to hit the mother load, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Are any in the Yukon? Uh, not on the Yukon, <laughs> on the other side of Canada. So what I did was I found there's a, uh, it's a huge um, company that is doing a lot of exploration up in Canada, and they're finding like super high-grade stuff. So what I did was I went through all the maps, and I found the companies that, that surround them. Right. And I picked out – there was a bunch of them, but like from those, I picked out like like five of the tip-top, you know, the five with the best drill results, with the best management, the best uh, cash position um, – Basically, the cream of the crop of those of that uh, of those set of high grade miners up there. Okay, and that report I think is coming out next week. Very soon. Maybe, and by the time this even comes out, maybe it might be. Maybe it'll be available, and we can link it in the description, and people can check it out. All right, Muno, can we do that? Yeah, we're gonna All make right. it happen. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right, I think that's good. We'll wrap it up. Thanks again, awesome. Luke. Thanks for that. And. We will see you next time on the Angel Research Podcast. Remember, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Follow us on YouTube. Um, add us to the, to the podcast thing, and, uh, and we'll make it happen. Farewell. Take it easy. Stay safe out there. That's my Stay safe out there.